Hello and welcome to the Euro What, episode 158 for the week of May 16th, 2022. I'm Mike McComb and I'm joined today by Ben Smith. Hey Ben. Hey Mike. And our special guest, Dave Steves. Hey Dave. Buonasera. We are a group of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest. And this week, we'll be doing a quick check-in of the grand final results and budding controversies. Welcome to back to the show, Dave. Thanks. Pleasure to be here, although a little bit jet-lagged. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same here. We just got back from Torino and still kind of processing everything that happened at the grand final. Ben, how was your Eurovision weekend experience? It was good. That was a fun show to watch. I had not realized how long the show had been until we got to the scoring part of things. And I was like, how is it already 6.45 p.m.? At least the voting portion seemed to move really quickly. I looked up and it was like, oh, they're already at 40 out of 40 countries. Great. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it helped the, the, the same guy was doing the votes for like a half dozen countries. I guess to kick things off, Ukraine won. I don't think anybody's particularly surprised about that outcome. No, can't can't really say that I am. Uh, UK did quite well. Should we just get into the splitting of the votes? Yeah, let's yeah let's do, let's do it. Yeah, th- this is gonna be a real loose episode because uh, yeah, our brains are fried right now. I am the most slept person in the room right now. <laughs> I don't know why I'm driving. <laughs> Numbers. Let's talk about the jury. So the UK won the jury vote with 283 points. Them going from 26th to second overall is the biggest jump from year to year ever. Oh, wow. (laughs) With 24 positions. Yeah. Prior to that, there have been like a few 22 step jumps, but never something as big as that to go from the bottom to almost the top. Sweden was second with 258. Spain was in third with 231. And then all the way at the bottom, Germany got zero points from the jury. Oof. In terms of the televote, Ukraine completely crushed that with 439 points, which seems a little low compared to what I think expectations were. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dave, you did the math on that, right? Yeah, it was over 90% of the po- possible points that they could have gotten. Wow. Yeah. Almost a, a clean sweep of the televote. For everybody else, Moldova came in second place with 239 points and... I am not surprised by that. Like, that like... <laughs> nope, nope. I, there was one person at my Eurovision party who absolutely loved Moldova and was just very, very down at how low they were from the jury vote. I'm like, no, 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 no. It'll be fine. And it was. We went to the jury show for the final, and I think they got the biggest reaction overall, even bigger than, certainly bigger than Ukraine, which was actually kind of tepid at the final. But like it was, it was Moldova and it was Serbia uh, and Spain. Oh yeah, uh, Spain. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. How can yes. I forget Spain? Especially since there were Spaniards in front of and behind us. I, I, I had no idea how well Chanel sang at the uh, at the jury final, just because I, everybody around us was singing along with every word. Yeah, and like they came third in the televote with 228 points, and then following them was Serbia, who I was very pleased to see jump into the lead for a brief second. Uh, I was so happy about that one. First of all, like as I mentioned last time, kind of freaked out that they were last to be called in the semifinal for advancing. And then still having that feeling of, oh, like, do people get this entry? Like, I know that, like, the, the super fans, who I think were most of the audience, were really into it. But, like, that doesn't necessarily translate to success. Like, Poland was kind of middling, even though they had a pretty strong crowd reaction. And it's like, oh, hopefully Serbia gets some points. Because they were another one that did not get much love from the jury. 
surgery. Very pleased to see the the massive jump that one got to to sort of briefly appear at the top of the podium. Spain, that was like an electric performance. Like that was the first one of the night that made me sit up and go, oh, they could do it. At the jury show, Mahmoud and Blanco were the act that went up before Chanel. Of course, that was going to get a massive reception since it's the home team, and it's also a really good song and was a really good performance. But then Chanel came on, and it was as if Mahmoud was her opening act. Like, it, it was that kind of dynamic that was going on, and it's just, yes. yeah, just, like, I, electric is the perfect way of describing it. It was just such a fully formed performance. Yeah, yeah, and I love I love how it seemed like for the first two minutes, it was basically what she did at the national final, but then all of the little extra things she threw in at the end, and just to like show, oh, I'm not tired, I can do more. The video is going around the internet, but just watching her just like throw the fan that she has produced from one of her dancers, just like halfway across the stage that's just gone in a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, I was actually kind of mad on how that was filmed for the grand final. Cause it kind of missed that fan throw thing. Really, I think it missed the fan almost entirely. It's like, no, that was just such a, like, <laughs> I don't know. Just, uh, su- just such an such an unnecessary but beautiful flex. Yes, yes, exactly. We were watching on RAI and they didn't show the interviews with the Big Five contestants during the semifinals. Uh, but at the jury show, she was asked, when was the last time that Spain won Eurovision? And her response was 2022. And it was just like, <laughs> oh, another awesome, awesome flex. <laughs> yeah, just good answer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, did, did did she answer? That? Was that the question and answer uh, when you watched it? Or did um, that not I'm up? trying to remember if we No, we got like a different question and answer. But I'm trying to remember if we got any of that conversation with Chanel, just because, again, NBC was kind of figuring out what were they showing us and not showing us. And like with the grand final during the scoring, there was a lot of vamping for time area that they absolutely could have cut to Johnny in the studio. Like there was a long time at the end where it's just like, is is Johnny still there? Is he okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, since you guys did not have the Peacock coverage, uh, Johnny had an outfit. Ooh, what was he wearing? <laughs> just, just like he was ready to get, he was basically dressed like an angel. Okay. <laughs> like an angel, but also there, yeah. Uh, again, like he has, he was, he was very excited to be on camera. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know, maybe during the voting sequence, he was devastated by some of the outcomes. Like you had already mentioned Germany not scoring any points with the jury, which never really gets like announced. You just kind of see it on the scoreboard and you're just like, oh, that's unfortunate. But mm-hmm. with the televote announcements, it does come up in conversation. And, yeah, Switzerland, which did pretty okay with the jury. They got null point. Sorry, Switzerland. Uh, the the screech I let out in my living room when that was announced. That was one where Dave did have you. Did you encounter anybody who was a Switzerland fan, and not even like a super fan, just somebody who was just like, oh yeah, I kind of like that song. I really can't think of anybody. No, certainly not anybody we talked to in Italy. Uh, not any of my friends who I've introduced to Eurovision here. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And then uh, Australia only got two points for their performance. And that was another one that got a lot of love from the jury. That one scoring so low with the televote surprised me. That felt like a performance that had enough elements to appeal to both the jury and the televote, but apparently not. And like, again, it's just a very crowded field this year. It's an impressive vocal performance, but I don't think a lot of people are impressed with the song and that's certainly not the only song that i could say that about 
when we were watching the second semi on RAI, and they were showing up little pop-up video type blurbs for each of the songs and one of them said Sheldon Riley wrote the song when he was nine years old and I was like oh that kind of makes sense now it really feels like it, it, it doesn't feel fully formed although it's still finished in 15th which is, is funny we hung out with the guys from Aussie Vision and uh, of course it came up what our predictions were for Australia and uh, I was a little snarky and was just like well they have to get to the final first and uh, <laughs> and like that was a sentiment that was shared by a lot of people uh, when we were watching the second semifinal there was a uh, at the bar that we were watching it at uh, there was a guy from Australia or at least supporting Australia well no, I guess he wasn't supporting Australia. He's like, yeah, I don't think this is going to qualify. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's just like it seemed like it was a real kind of mixed bag. But predicted that if it did make it to the final, it was probably going to be mid-table, but probably on the right side. So 15th place, that's about right. So, Spot on, yeah. yeah. So go us. Uh- <laughs> and if everybody is supporting Ukraine with the majority of their votes they maybe have less to spread around than they would other other years. True. Honestly, I'm surprised that there weren't more null points. I was fully expecting more low numbers than we got. Like, and we had some pretty low numbers. When I was seeing some of the lower end of the numbers, I was like, oh, everybody's given Ukraine a lot of points. The way that the, the scores ultimately shook out are uh, Ukraine in first place, followed by the UK, Spain, Sweden, and Serbia, which for UK and Spain, going from essentially tied for last place last year to like neck and neck in the top five, that is an impressive turn of events. They're finally listening. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it only took like, what, 10, 12 years of complaining and like they're finally like... (laughs) Something like that. I mean, uh, Sam Ryder got more points than the last 11 UK entries put together. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I have all of the fun facts, basically, from from the numbers. Um, the the other one that uh, I think, Mike, you and I as Goa fans from last year, another thing that's very fun is that uh, Ihor, from, who is both a member of Kalush Orchestra and Goa, now has the record for the most points for one Eurovision performer. Oh, wow. He has personally accrued 995 points in successive contests. Wow. Yeah. Do you think he's going to come back next year just just to get that like last five points to get into four digits? If the Ukrainian music scene is anything like the Icelandic music scene where everybody's in like 17 bands, it is not outside the realm of possibility. Of course, with all of the like points floating around, there has to be some jury funny business that's come into play. Some of it was noticeable right away because for at least two entries, I think three entries overall, uh, Martin Oosterdahl was the one who delivered the points rather than a representative from the country that was giving out those points. I have watched enough Eurovision again to know, well... You know, if there's like a particularly bad thunderstorm in Moldova, uh, the TV tower doesn't work. Mm -hmm. But this felt different. And then around that time, I was futzing with my phone and checked my email. And I had an EBU press release in my inbox while the jury scores were happening. We're probably going to get more info in the next week. So like, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole of what actually happened. Uh, But we did get a note that in the analysis of the jury voting by the EBU's pan-European voting partner after the second dress rehearsal of of the second semifinal... Certain irregular voting patterns were identified in the results of six countries. Uh, So in order to comply with the contest voting instructions, the EBU worked with its voting partner to calculate substitute aggregated results for each country. Uh, And that was done for both the second semifinal and the grand final. So basically, they took all of their neighbors and aggregated those jury scores 
into what was shown on the night. And that's been done before here and there, right? Wasn't it Belarus where all of the jury members had exactly the same ranking and the EBU was like, no, this this could not have happened by chance or just by taste. When they say irregular voting patterns, that is what I assume has happened is like, there are matches on a level that there should not be matches. Mm -hmm. Wow, but six within a single semifinal. Six is just sort of unprecedented. There has not been an official naming of names, but if you look on the jury page for the event, Georgia, Azerbaijan, Romania, Poland, San Marino, and Montenegro are conspicuously absent. Oof. Oh, that's really not good for San Marino and Montenegro because they don't have televote. So if they also don't have jury vote, they don't really have a vote. I would not be surprised if there is some sort of discussion at the very least at the next reference group meeting just over jury stuff because this is not the first time this has happened and this has happened on a wider scale some of the nations involved in this seem kind of surprised there was a press release from tv romania that like they seem kind of surprised that like they're they had like a person lined up ready to give their votes and the the act that got their 12 was not the act that they would have been giving their 12 to so uh, that's going to be a developing story to watch. All right. Well, I, I, I was worried we weren't going to be busy this summer. So Right. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So the great news. Uh, clear your schedule. We have to do work. Yay. When we last chatted, the thing we were asking is, what do the jury breakdowns look like for the semifinals? And one interesting piece of note is that Azerbaijan made it out of semifinal two with zero televote points. It was all jury. That kind of makes sense that the jury would be able to pull that one all the way through because that was a very jury friendly performance and not really like I still don't understand what was going on in that performance. <laughs> yeah, but like even like we were talking about Switzerland and we were talking about Switzerland being something that probably got pulled through by jury points. It had televote points, too. Huh. And like if someone has done the math of like by the old system who would have made it through if that had happened with the old system azerbaijan would not have made it through i believe just based on who the 11th place was north macedonia would have gotten through andrea's circles would have gotten through which also seems a little wild to me but okay <laughs> it turns out that both latvia and san marino's performers were in 14th mm. so just i'm i'm just off there L looking at latvia's scores this is another case of like the fandom really loved it but uh that was it so <laughs> well yeah and like it could be that the fandom that really likes it can't vote in that semi-final yeah or it's just or it's just a case of twitter not reflecting the general public twitter is not real life what? it feels like it but it's <laughs> not <laughs> if twitter were real life then france would have done a little bit better than they actually did that was surprising how low they came in but they were I don't know. I think I think they were one of the acts that were kind of hurt by the running order. Although I, w I would have expected Netherlands to have suffered. I mean, granted, they finished in 11th, and I think that was below expectations. But considering that it was sandwiched between Mahmoud, Chanel, and Ukraine, like that was not ideal. No, of those four, something has to leave your brain. And unfortunately, it's going to be the Netherlands. In terms of the grand final like show, I, I thought it was pretty well put together. Yeah, like, I, I liked the Laura Pausini medley at the top. Yeah, I'm surprised that they were kind of, like, obscuring all of the costume changes, because I I thought, while watching it live, they were executed pretty elegantly, and uh, would have been impressive to just show that on TV. Celebrate that a little bit. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, like, all of her costume changes, yes, because, like, I feel like I had joked about a, a quick change thing, and we got one. 
Yeah. And I mean, it was it was very quick. It was just like, oh, like tear away this. It's just like pop off one coat, put on the next one. It was seamless. And uh, I mean, I guess that's how quick changes uh, work. Ideally, that's how you want them to work. Yeah. But, <laughs> so good job, team. Good, good job, team Pausini. What is Manskin doing? Monoskin did come back to perform, uh, and I don't know, this was just kind of a wild part of the grand final rehearsal. They're going through the show, they're reading the script as it will be on Saturday night, and they're introducing Monoskin. And right before every act got started, there was a lighting test on the stage to make sure that the spots were working, and... You could see someone behind the drum kit, and everybody's getting really excited. It's like, yeah, they're going to be here. And it was was somebody with long hair. Yes. Uh, And Supermodel starts playing, and you could see everybody on the stage. It's like, wait, there's like, did everybody get a haircut? My first thought was uh, oh is victoria okay i don't see her up there and then i was like wait who are these people <laughs> yeah yeah so they had a fake monoskin playing it was very jackie jorp job <laughs> we, we spent five minutes after the performance just be like okay what are the jackie jorp jump names for monoskin <laughs> and i don't know i think i think we kind of landed on nanaskin so like n a with the circle thingy, N-E-S-K-I-N. <laughs> the performance is fine. They were like lip syncing for their lives. It was uh, a group of backing dancers that were doing the stand-in performance. It took a moment for everybody to kind of clock that, wait, this is not who we were expecting <laughs> to see. This is an actual monoskin. Yeah. I mean, since it was a run-through, they were, they were introduced as monoskin to, uh, with the world premiere of Supermodel. Yeah, everybody was polite through the, this performance. And then the booing started. <laughs> and Alessandro has to be like, hey, no booing. And it was like, we're in Italy. <laughs> we have seen your San Remo Fest. We know what to do if this happens. They also did a run through of the song from the Elvis movie. So, I mean, like, it really was like a recreation of what ended up being on the Saturday show, just not with the people we wanted to see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For whatever reason, I decided to, like, keep my video going uh for the full performance it's like well they're at least putting their heart into it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the damiano stand in clearly had not practiced lip syncing the second half of the song very much though oh no no, no, no. <laughs> uh yeah and really did not look like damiano at all and it was yeah. it, like I, i'm still kind of embarrassed at how long it took me to fully process it's like wait something's not right here but what is it <laughs> we were kind of far away there was the entire green room in the way plus what would have been the standing zone if there were one and lighting and all of that yeah. and <laughs> and also just like well no why why aren't they here but yeah as well say i feel like i had learned through twitter that that was going to be the case but like not early enough that i could like send you guys a quick slide to be like just a heads up monoskin will not be present you will be getting their understudies but i'm glad that it happened the way that it did because yeah it was just I, very I too, like and, well and then just like i got confirmation from the people who are watching the family show rehearsals uh, that they were also not at the family show. 
Part of it is Damiano injured his ankle or or uh, tore a ligament or something uh, while filming a music video, possibly the music video for Supermodel. So he was on crutches, except when he was actually performing on the Saturday show, and you could just see him continuously grimacing in pain, uh, especially as they're like going through the like interview part uh, in between the two songs, and it's just like, oh, don't don't make him do this. <laughs> like what? Let him like. Can we get him like a chair? They were there at the grand final. Um, although we never heard Zitti Ibuoni the entire time. This entire week. I think it was used as backing music on Tuesday. There was, yeah, there was just one little riff from it, uh, but certainly no full performance. I think that might be the first time since 2000, if I remember. Like, it's been a long time since there has not been a reprise during the intro. On the other hand, I don't think we've seen an act leave Eurovision and go as stratospheric as monoskin did since abba really you could make an argument for celine dion but like celine dion was already huge in in canada and was gonna go juggernaut anyways Mm -hmm. so it was in monoskin's best interest to be able to focus on on the new stuff yeah oh and by the way we we heard it we heard that song at least a couple of times this morning in italy so it's it's already catching on Played on the cab ride to the airport, and then when we were in the airport, there were like all sorts of ads for it, uh, playing from like some audible billboards and stuff. So, yeah, I I think it's poised to become a hit. So, Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) yeah. Oh, but yeah, I guess the next question is what's next? Yeah, in the words of Constracta. So, what now? If you are new to the Eurowood, hello, we have reached the end of normal Eurovision season. But we will not be going into full hibernation. Throwing us at the veggie crisper. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going we're gonna to chill out for a little bit uh, because we can chill out for a little bit. I do not want to hear one host city when until like September at the earliest. Ugh. Yeah. Well, host country first and then a host city win. Yeah. Uh, that That's going to be an interesting process to watch. As our next episode, we're going to have a more formal wrap-up of this year's Eurovision with Bradley Dalton Oates, who has been on the show before. Uh, That should be a great conversation. And then for the rest of the year, we're going to move to bi-monthly episodes, so two episodes a month, including uh, sort of a wrap-up of that whole thing that was the American Song Contest will be is is near on the horizon. Yay? God. Uh (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) God bless you both. Over on our Patreon, we have been covering the American Song Contest, and since nobody was going to be paying attention to the ASC during Eurovision week, we had a conversation with Andy Dennert about like the season as a whole and like what worked and what didn't work, and if it does somehow manage to get a second season, what could be done uh, to make it a little bit more successful or at least uh, less of a um cluster is that is it that... yeah, like less of a kerfuffle <laughs> kerfuffle there's a good word for it but... it's, it's such a fun word and it's such an apt word uh but yeah so that is sort of on the near horizon and then from there we will be keeping an eye on you know what's happening with eurovision 2023 uh and having news updates and diving into the fun and interesting history of of eurovision as a whole we have an exciting slate already uh, in the works and yeah i like the, the bonus topics is 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 where it really gets fun. So. Yeah, it's, it's just getting to do like a bunch of weird research in the name of a Eurovision podcast is a lot of fun. Yeah, and if you have suggestions for topics that we should explore or uh, consider exploring, definitely send them our way. Yeah, our our inbox is open. 
Uh, but yeah, any, anything else before we break and go sleep? Y'all should go, y'all should go sleep. I have no idea what time it is. Uh, <laughs> more so than usual. So. More so than usual. <laughs> All right. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Euro What. Thank you for listening, both for this episode and for the whole season. It's been a wild year. The Euro What podcast is hosted by Mike McComb. That is me and Ben Smith. That's me. You can follow the Eurowhat on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcast app of your choice. If you'd like to support the show, we are also on Patreon at patreon.com slash Eurowhat. Show notes are in the description of this episode and on our website at Eurowhat.com. If you'd like to contact us with episode ideas or just to say hi, we're at Eurowhat on Twitter, or you can email Eurowhatpodcast at gmail.com. Next time on the EuroWhat, we'll take a more in-depth look at this year's Eurovision experience with our special guest, Bradley Dalton Oates. <laughs> <laughs>